Today, we return to the Podski 100 countdown with entries 30 through 21. We'll cover the news from New Japan and WWE, our fan of the week as well. And the Podski starts now. The Podski with John Baker. For over one year, the revolutionary force in audio entertainment. I'm your host, Johnny Bake Show. Ringside with me is just old Andretti again, back on the A show. Mongoose is left in the dust. Who cares? <laughs> I can't talk. <laughs> Sounds like he's sucking on dust. The A, the A team is here, per usual. cares who cares about him <laughs> him and jim valley man they're the same guy all they do is complain right, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh my we're off to a hot start you know what really happened to him is he went to swim practice and tried to confront one of the dork coaches at swim practice about, about baby mongoose and got his ass kicked he got his ass kicked by a swim dork, and now he can't. He can't talk. He's got the freaking Oriental spike in the throat by a swim dork at the at the fucking practice. <laughs> he tried to run, trying to run away like he's Norman Smiley, throwing his arms in the air. He got his ass kicked. And as always, I see you've come prepared. Of course I've come prepared. I'm the consummate hardcore athlete here in WCW. Brian Nobbs isn't ready for what I'm going to do to him tonight. Because... <laughs> whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Oh, my. Uh, episode 87 is off to a hot start here. Uh, but we got the Podski 100. We're back with that again. Uh, this is going to be 30 through 21. So the entries are, they're getting much more like people you're used to seeing, much more recognizable names, uh, bigger name talents. So uh, if you have not been keeping up with that, or if this is your first time listening, you can go back into the archives. You can check that out. They are in, uh, there's a, a playlist on YouTube that has every single one of them in there. And you can go back uh, in the archives if you're on a podcast platform and listen to that too. Uh, we but, got we got a lot of stuff though. We got a lot of stuff to go over in addition to that. So if that uh, if that's not your thing, stick around for for right now because we're going to go over a whole bunch of stuff before we even get into that. Yeah, if you're not into the 100 and you just want to hang out and uh, just check it out with us because we got a lot of news to go over. This is going to be a packed show. So yeah, big uh, weekend, man. That was a big weekend. It was yeah, it was a man. It was a busy weekend. We had the elimination chamber. We had uh, New Japan stuff, New Beginnings, I believe that was that show. And it's we are shucking and jiving here, strutting that ass to the ring, as uh, one Bobby Winters might say. But uh, 
last week. If you did not listen to the show last week, go back and listen to it. It's a pretty good one. It was on the very first NXT TakeOver show. It was called NXT Arrival, and that was the very first live show, live PLE, on the WWE Network when it launched back in 2014. So a 10-year anniversary show. Uh, did that show. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we have a lot of good stuff coming up here, too. So if you've been listening to The Sting Show, The Sting Show will be back for its final episode and that'll be next week so that'll be sting part three that covers the tna the wwe and the AEW run and that's to commemorate sting on his uh, career as it's going to end next weekend at revolution and we and then the big show here we got in a couple weeks because we are on the road to wrestlemania there's a lot of wrestlemania talk we're going to get to here uh, but we've been going through the year 2004 a 20-year reunion here or 20-year anniversary, I should say, here on the Podski. So we did the Royal Rumble 2004. We did No Way Out 2004, and we're going to cap off the WrestleMania run with WrestleMania 20. So that'll be in two weeks, and we're also going to have a bonus episode with that. So whenever Mongoose is not sounding like death, we're going to record that show. And that show is not, if you want to, if you're very interested in the weekly TV, that's what we're going to do. Essentially, I've watched every single TV leading up to WrestleMania, and Mongoose is going to read Dave's notes because he believes that there's something in there that it's going to blow people's minds. And I only know partly what it is, and I'm supposed to try to figure out and watch the TVs to see where this event happened in the run to WrestleMania, and it happened on Raw, so... Uh, I am trying to figure out what that is, so stick around and check that out. That'll be a bonus episode that'll probably come out with the WrestleMania 20 episode or maybe a couple days before, uh, but that'll be like a supplemental listening uh, tool if you want to go. If you want more Podski, that's how you're going to get it. So uh, I'm going to watch the shows. I'm going to give my review of each show, and then Mongoose is going to give Dave's reaction and what was going on actually in the dirt and in the sheets. So uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, we have Andretti in here. We have a lot of news to talk about, so uh, let's get to it. What uh, what do you what do you been getting What have you been getting into? I know it's been a busy week for you over your place too. Yeah, it is. So yeah, okay. So uh, we got a new cat, and so we found out last night that she is going to have kittens. So we're okay. going to have kittens within twenty eight days. We're going to have three to four kittens. What are you going to do with seven cats? There's only gonna, there's only gonna be. Well, the good thing to, we're fostering, so uh, we're not. They're not actually. The kittens are not 100 percent our responsibility, nor is the cat. But we are gonna be ended up keeping um, our our new cat. So, uh, but uh, T's and P's and RIPs to uh, Penny Omega. She uh, soared. She crossed the Rainbow Bridge last weekend. Uh, that's why Mongoose was not here. So, um. But yeah, that's uh yeah, we got a lot of there is just there's so much going on. I can't I can't keep up with it. Had the uh NASCAR race I watched over the weekend too. Tried to watch all of Elimination Chamber, didn't get it all done until uh yesterday. Caught Raw, but I mean, damn, there's like it's there's so much going on right now. Yeah, I got I got nothing done today. I mean, I, I'm just I'm still behind, you know, from just watching so much wrestling over the last couple of days, man. I mean, it was Freaking two New Japan shows, New Beginning in Sapporo. There was two of them. And then there was Elimination Chamber, SmackDown, Raw, you know, uh, Collision. I don't, I, I didn't watch Rampage. Um, but uh, 
that's a lot, man. There's a lot of stuff going on here, but uh, I did want to give a shout out to um, Tate McRae. Do you know who Tate McRae is? No, not a, not a clue. Tate McRae is like a 20 year old pop star from Calgary. And I don't know how the hell I found her, but I, this is not my wheelhouse, dude. Anybody who, anybody who knows me or has been listening to, you know, the Podsky from before I'm, I'm all in on, on rat and Queensryche and <laughs> freaking Motley Crue and stuff like that. Or, or all my bands, the kiss, you know, all the kiss stuff too, but For whatever reason, I gave Tate McRae a shot the last couple days, and I like it, man. I like it. It's it's just it's just pop, but she's got a couple songs that are really good, and she's from Calgary. And I don't know if that's part of the reason why I like it, but <laughs> no, there. I think that I think the hit is called Greedy, which is pretty good. It's pretty good. Oh, I think you can yeah, tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I know. Okay, you so- can tell why it's you can tell why it's popular, but the, I think the. I listened to that whole album like back to back a couple times the last two days for no reason. And my wife has been making fun of me the whole time, dude. And so <laughs> I, I've been getting roasted by my other friends and everything too about it. Cause I keep talking about Tate McRae kind of to irritate people. And also because I think it's, so it's pretty good, but um, she's got a song on that new album called we're not alike, which sounds a little more like a rock, like a rock song. Uh-huh. That song is freaking really good for real, man. So I mean, if you're if you're looking for something new, this kind of you want to expand your horizons a little bit with uh, with music, go check out uh, Tate McRae. We're not alike. That whole that whole album's pretty good. The album's called uh, Think Later, I think, um, and it's it's pretty good. The whole thing's listenable and not really my thing. You know, the whole thing's not really my thing. But uh, Greedy, the single, and, and We're Not Alike are are the two that I think are really really good. Yeah. Nice. But what's funny? What's funny is my wife is really into Taylor Swift and all that kind of stuff, right? And like I, I just don't. I'm not into it. I don't like it for whatever reason. But there's just was I don't know why Tate McRae jumped out of me that I end up liking it, and it's stupid and funny. But um, you know the thing that she's from Calgary, and and I think that probably plays into it a little bit. Um, I don't know, man. There's just something about people or or wrestlers or or people being from a, a place where you've been and you had a really good experience there i think you end up having a little bit of a uh you know some kind of psychic connection or whatever you know with uh with, with those people but um you know it, it's it, it it's it's interesting because it's something that as a guy that is basically mid-40s that would never ever listen to Taylor Swift or Rihanna or any of that kind of stuff. Like it just, it just caught my ear, man. And now I, now I liked it. And then that's something that, that doesn't happen very often with new music. So I wanted to put her over. I know she's a big hockey fan, you know? So, uh, you know, it, that, that is, it is what it is, man. Go check it out. She's going to be, she's going to be a big star pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. And that's all going to come back. It, it's, that's all, everything I just said is going to come back around when we talk about the 100, because there's somebody in the 100 that I ended up going to where they're from. It had a really good, um, a really good experience there. And it changed my opinions about who that person was. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of why I bring, I bring all that stuff up. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. I think you've shared that here on the posse before. So stick with us here. We'll get to that. 
but yeah, I, there's there's so much news here. What what do you got for? Uh, I know you want to talk about New Japan. The yeah. So if you want to, if we want to do that first, we can do that first. So the um the the New Japan Cup is going to start next week, and it's a big deal. It's a big deal. They they release the um they release the bracket. The bracket's fine. It's fine. I'm sure there's going to be really good matches. So but the, but the winner um is a big deal. So whoever wins the cup is going to end up getting a uh, getting a, a world title shot. So last year Sonata Sonata won the cup. So it was a big deal. You know, and Sonata ended up winning the belt. Um, but um, this year I I don't know, man. I don't know who they're going to go with. Um, but it's 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 a very it's a very different time in new Japan right now. And, um, I don't even know how to get started with this, but it's, it's not just because Okada is leaving and it's not just because Osprey is leaving. It's not because Tanahashi is clearly at the very tail end of the run. Yeah. There's something that is just directionless with what they're doing. And, you know, I had, I had those thoughts even going into the double show this weekend, a new beginning in, in Sapporo, um, I had those thoughts even before that, but kind of watching those shows, and, and I, I tried my best not to hear what anybody else had to say about it. I did talk to Mongoose a little bit about mm-hmm. um, about some of the some of the. He, he saw one match. He saw he saw basically the worst match in the two nights, but that's all he saw. But I, I haven't heard really anything anybody else said about the um, about the shows. And I'm trying to do I'm trying to do that more, man, because I don't want to hear I don't want to hear other people's commentary, and then we end up sounding like maybe you know we're just we're getting influenced a little bit and I'm yeah. not accused of anybody of that, but it's just, it's just a natural thing that happens with everybody. Right. That that happens with me with, that's why I had to quit listening to like the daily shows because well, it's it, not even just, it's it? not just that it's also sports because if you hear Mel Kuyper talk about a draft pick now you're, it's in your head, right? Yeah. And, and that, that person's really good. Right. So I'm trying to like, I'm trying to really stay away from that stuff. But um, in terms of the new Japan stuff, man, like it, it I, you know, it feels like they're kind of in a tailspin a little bit right now. And, and it's, and it is really directionless. So I, didn't, I didn't realize that they um, had partnered with Disney and that they're basically doing a live action tailspin. It's what it feels like watching some of these shows sometimes, man. But I mean, look, if, if, if ghetto can write that ship, he is the booker of the year. If he can turn this thing around and get it going, because right now, dude, it's, it's, they're freaking, they're all over the place. It feels like it's not really, it's not really too connected. Um, but there's a lot of it that feels like it's pretty awful. And, you know, and look, that we've said this a million times over the new Japan goes through a roller coaster. They go up and down all the time with, with what they have. But I mean, right now, man, I mean, it's, they're giving people, they're giving people wrestlers, they're presenting wrestlers and they're giving people matches that nobody wants. And it's kind of, I don't understand why ghetto has doubled down on some of this stuff. Whenever there's so much out there that people are, are, are not, they're not into the house of torture, man. People don't like them. They don't get, they don't get a good response. Nobody likes anybody that's in that whole group. I mean, when, when, when bad Takahashi is the best guy in your faction, that's not good. That's not a good sign for your faction, right? It's just what it's like. I mean, I, look, man. I, I don't. I don't know, kind of, kind of what's going on there, but they're really in a flux right now, and it feels like they just haven't grabbed a hold of the of the mechanism yet to try to right the ship. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, look, man. If this is if this is the new beginning 
that we're getting with New Japan, we might be in for a hell of a 2024, and not not in a good way. Now, I, I've seen them do this before, where they've had to go through, you know, tough times and, and kind of right the ship and everything. But I mean, Christ, man, if I'm Okada, I already have my bags packed, man, and I'm and I was and I was ready to jump on a plane the yeah. second that show was over. And it looked they they had a really nice send off for him. You know, at the end of night two was a really nice, really nice thing that they did. And they they they've played everything really well with Osprey and with um and with Okada. To their credit, I'll give them credit for that. They played everything really well with that. Um, but I mean, it's it, it just feels something's not right. And I'm not really sure why. And look, I'm not trying to sound racist here, but I, I'm not sure why we're so focused on white talent right now in New Japan when we, we've historically never been that product, right? Now, look, I know Finn Balor was a big deal. Kenny Omega was a big deal. We we all know that. But they're really pushing white talent in that promotion right now with Nemeth, Riddle, the um, United Empire guys, you know, even some of the, even especially the Bullet Club guys, you know, they're, they're all Caucasian. Most of those guys are Caucasian. So I don't really understand why we're doing that and we're, and we're not actively really building homegrown talent. I don't understand why we're doing that right now. So it's, it's a little bit, it's a little bit strange to be watching new Japan and feeling like it's a little bit better than impact or it's, or it's, you know, NXT or something like that. You know what I mean? It just doesn't, it just doesn't feel the way that it should feel like it has felt. I think that that all ties back into the fact that they've lost their standard bearer guys that they could really rely on no matter what they're gone. And in yeah. like the guys that they tried to bring along like a Sonata, like an evil, like they, they just don't, they don't equate to the same things as what Okada or Osprey or Tanahashi ever were. And right. you know, they're, they're, they're at an identity crisis right now. I think that's why it feels like a tailspin because they don't have an identity outside of bringing in Nemeth and Riddle and, I don't think I, I haven't. I heard good things about Nemeth. I heard nothing but bad things about the Riddle deal. So I heard it was crickets for Riddle. Yeah, it was. Like you were pretty up for Nemeth, though. Yeah, the Nemeth thing was really good. We'll, we'll touch on that here in a second. So I just kind of wanted to go through um, the two shows real quick. I, I've got I've got a bunch of notes. I'm not going to read everything, obviously, but you know, it, look, it, the, the commentary team is excellent. The two guys that they have right now are fantastic. Chris Charlton and the other guy. I can't remember if the guy's name is Wheeler or if it's Walker. I can never remember because I always want to call him. I always want to call him Walker Bueller, and I think that's the pitcher for the for the Dodgers. <laughs> so it, it's definitely not the same guy. <laughs> you can tell that by looking at them. That's definitely not the same guy. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, look, that was great. You know, they started the show. Um, it, it's always fun to see Nagata. I, I love Zack Saber Jr. That match was fine. It was quick. Um, which was good because I don't know how believable um, a 25 minute match with Yuji Nagata and Zack Sabre Jr. would be right now at this point in Nagata's career, you know, or Nagata's career. So I don't, I, I think that that went probably about what, um, about what it should have been. Um, the House of Torture stuff, man, you know, like I said, it's just, I don't understand why we're doubling down on things that clearly nobody wants and everybody's panning. You know, everybody's been talking shit on them for going all in on these guys, and, and we're just doubling down on it, it seems like. Um, you know, it, it, when it comes to the multi-tags, um, there was a time where I really liked the New Japan multi-tags, but now like, it's just kind of bumming me out, man. And it just it just feels like it's more of a mess, where everybody's in there just running around, and it's just like, I, I'm not getting 
the enjoyment out of watching those multi-tags anymore is what I used to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in terms of like Great Ocon had, had a pretty good, had a pretty good show too. I mean, he's got a, a really good move. That that sleeper move into the claw um, is really good. And, and you know, to their credit too, man, like Francisco Akira and Callum Newman are both awesome. Both those guys are going to be really good. Um, they're both in the United Empire. They're going to be they're going to be awesome, you know, down the road for for New Japan. Um, I will say the women's match was excellent, um, and both of the women were fantastic. It was it was a, uh, you know, Mina Shirakawa and, and Mayu Iwatami. Iwatami's a New Japan Women's Champ, and she doesn't look very big, but man, I'll tell you what, she is vicious with her attacks. She sells her ass off, man. She comes off really believable. And both those women are are two of the best in the world, and there's a reason why people think that. So if you're going to watch any match. Um, I would say the, um, I would say the Desperado Takahashi match, um, is probably pretty close to the Shirakawa Iwatani match in terms of what was the best one from, from both shows. Those are probably the two I would tell people to go watch if you're going to check that out. Um, Shirakawa did like a corkscrew, um, off the top rope, um, to, uh, Iwatani, which was, which was really great. I've never seen anything like that before. Um, the, um, the Desperado show match again, man, I mean, we've got house of torture bullshit, you know, it's, it's just, it, it almost made me turn the whole thing off, man. I mean, the, the guy loses the belt on a, on a count on a freaking count out, man. People are attacking the refs. There's interference. It's just fucking garbage, man. And show's not good. And I'm I'm trying not to be a, a jerk anymore, you know, when it comes to talent, um, especially, you know, I don't want to, there's no reason to, to really, you know, bury the talent, you know, sometimes, but it stuff just isn't good, man. It's bad booking, you know, we're doubling down on it. And, and I guess now we're going to get show versus Naito. What, who the hell wants to see that? Yeah. Who wants to see that? There's there's no one in the world that wants to see Show take on Tetsuya Naito in the main event of a freaking pay per view, dude. No, I mean, who the hell? I mean, Show is a freaking lost in space, man. They put that guy in that group. He's done nothing but flounder in that group the whole time, and now he's just a geek. He's just a geek, man. And they put a belt on him, and it's and they took it off a of Desperado who was doing a really good job as champ. I, I don't I don't know, man. I don't know what it is, but um, moving on here, you know. Um, I, I just, they bring Riddle out, you know, and I knew, I, I knew they were, I knew he was on the card. I didn't want to see it. Um, the guy wins a belt. No one made a peep. I mean, I heard that it was, it was dead silent in there. No claps. I I got, I I gotta ask because you and I watch a lot of wrestling and, and we have different takes on people. What am I missing? What am I missing with Matt Riddle, man? I just don't, I don't think he's very, I mean, he has a look, but I just don't find him as a threat. I don't think he's believable. Like he feels so unlikable. Even when he's trying to be a baby face, he just comes off like he's just a a really unlikable person. And I don't know, I don't know why that is, man. I don't know what it is, but there's just something about that guy that I I do not want to see that guy anymore. He's leaned too much. He's all the gimmick all the time. And I just feel like that's annoying. He feels like a Vince, a high Vince Russo. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the David Finley Nick Nemeth match was, was very good. I wouldn't say it was great. It was very good. I'm not a shock that Nemeth can still, you know, work his ass off. That guy is fantastic. Um, that run that he had in NXT as champ, which didn't last that long was probably the best work that he had done um, up to this point. But I think that the Nemeth we're going to get 
right now with this global championship run is going to be very similar to what we got with the NXT title run. And I'm really happy for that because that, that was a, that was a really good time. I mean, him, him as global champ is good. It's a smart call. So you got to give him credit there. I, I will absolutely give them credit for going with him. Because I, I don't, I don't know if it's really a reflection of Finley. I know people were kind of lukewarm on him for the most part. I do like David Finley. I think he's gotten a lot better over the course of time, especially since he joined Bullet Club, but Nemeth being the guy holding the belt to defend all over the world, especially here in the U.S., I think is a really smart decision. Yeah, I mean, he's got name recognition. Everyone wants more out of him, and that that makes sense. Yeah, and him him yelling, let's fucking go at the end of that promo was fantastic, and I popped and jumped off the couch for that. But that guy's great, man. He he had a hell of a promo backstage. You know how they do the, the backstage promo after the event? Like yeah. with the with the wall, the sponsorship sponsorship wall in the background. His promo was fantastic, man. That that guy, you can you can just sometimes with these people, man. Like a fresh a fresh paint of coat, man, is what it is. And I know we talk about that fresh paint of coat. That guy goes to New Japan. He looks motivated. He's in the ring. He's going. He's working his tail off in the ring, man. You can feel the energy come through him. Whenever he's talking and whenever he's trying to fire the crowd up and he's backstage and he's trying to get everybody fired up about, you know, being the champ and defending the belt all over the world, stuff like that. And that's what you want, man. You you want a guy like that to be the to be the guy that's carrying a belt, especially the guy who's going to carry it all over the world. I, I, I really was encouraged and happy and I got to give credit where it's due with with them running with Nemeth because I, I, I didn't know how this Nemeth thing was going to work in 2024, but there's some parallels, I think, with the NXT run. It was excellent for him. And now I think this global this global run is going to be really, really good for him. Yeah. Yeah, it's good for him. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy for him. I hope that it all works out for them because they need somebody like that. And hopefully somebody somebody like a, a, a Nemeth that has the name recognition can fill a gap of like an Osprey or an Okada. Yeah. So, you know, the end of that show night one um the entire show i wouldn't say was great um it wasn't horrible it it was it was pretty good um it ended well it ended really well the good match um going off the air with the with the nemeth backstage promo i thought was the right call um but but a pretty good night i thought overall was pretty good um maybe a little better than what i what i thought as i was kind of watching it and going through it but -hmm. looking back on the whole thing i think it was probably it was probably a pretty good show then uh, moving on to night two, you know, I, I blew through that a lot faster. You know, I didn't, I didn't even spend a second watching that house of torture multi-man dude. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm done. I'm done, dude. Like if, if you're, if you're going to shove this down my throat, I'm just going to skip every one of their matches. I don't care about any of these people enough. Just stop. So I'm, I didn't watch any of that. Um, it was, it was sad, you know, to see Okada's um, last match, but I'm I'm definitely excited for him, you know, for what's coming down the road for him and for the next chapter for him. Definitely the time to go. It was the time to go, man. There, there's there's nothing else for him to do in that promotion. You know, it's it's time to get a, a fresh paint of coat somewhere else and go apply your trade. You know, and, and I, I think that he's a talented enough guy that it doesn't matter where he ends up. I'm, I know the rumors are saying he's going to AEW and, and all that. That's probably where he's going to end up. But um, no matter where, no matter where he goes, he's going to do really well. Um, and that guy, man, it just the more and more that you watch that guy in the ring and the fact that he's such a veteran, he's his, his ring confidence, man, you can, you can just see the confidence sometimes in these people 
And Okada just has it. He just has the charisma. He's got the confidence, man. Everything is smooth. He looks excellent with everything he does, man. Just a total pro. A total pro, man. And, and he's a he's a top five guy in the world, maybe a top three guy in the world right now. You know, last 10 years, he's a top three guy, maybe a top five guy, whatever. But just a, a really, really fun. And it was really fun, too, to kind of see him interact with Bishamon. Because I like Bishamon a lot. And yeah. him him teaming up with them, I kind of I kind of would have liked to have seen maybe a little more um, trios matches with him and him and Bishamon teamed up, you know, before he, uh, before he left. But other than that, you know, I, I, I wrote down that I thought Jeff Cobb looked really good. And sometimes Jeff Cobb looks just fantastic. And sometimes he just seems like he's not doing much, but when he's on, man, he's on, he's really good. So that was, that was nice to see that. Um, great ending for Okada. I mean, even, even with, uh, even with Riddle in that match, in that, that multi-man match, I, I'll give Riddle credit for that match. I, I, I didn't feel I didn't feel good about him night one, but Riddle knew what was going on in night two with the multi with the multi match and and did everything right with Okada. You know what I mean? And, and I'll give him credit for being a pro. You know with that stuff. So that was that was really good. Um, as far as the um, the Tama Tonga thing, I wanted to kind of touch base with you a little bit because there was some news that came out today about Tama Tonga. Now I, we kind of knew that that was going to be um, Tama Tonga's last match in um, in New Japan, but before things kind of came through this weekend or today even um you know that guy's been living in orlando he's been living in orlando and flying over there you know to do the new japan shows for a while um so it sounds like he's he's wwe bound which seemed probably inevitable at some point you know but um that guy man i i, I can't say enough really good stuff about tom man that, that guy looks like a freaking star he's probably going to be a megastar at some point he's just a, a really good looking dude who can work his tail off, man. And I think that it's just, it's just waiting. There's just a been a waiting game to see him explode onto a, onto a, a main event scene. And he's, he's a dude, man. That guy's a dude. He can, he can work and he looks great. And I think he fits what they're looking for and he's safe. I, I, that guy, man, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with Tom Tonga and WWE. Yeah. He's, he's, it sounds like he's WWE bound now. He, I mean, for all intents and purposes, he should be he should be in the bloodline angle. There's nowhere else you can put him. That doesn't make you're not gonna put him with the good brothers on NXT. Um right. but yeah, putting him in the bloodline, he's not actually legitimate blood, but he's a part of the family and was on the tree that was shown at the kickoff. Is he on the tree? Yeah, he's on the tree. He's a part of he's a part of the family, fan quote unquote family, because that family tree is not all legitimate blood family. Yeah. But, he is he's he's a part of the family. So my my understanding with him was that him and Reigns grew up together, but they weren't blood related. Is that is that true? Yeah, they yeah, they grew up together, but they're not blood related. So I think they're kind of like almost like kind like of without saying it. You know what I mean? Like Jimmy and Jay are to Roman. Right. But okay. Felt more like yeah, no, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're gonna do with Tonga, but he's great. He's really great. And that, that's a, a, an excellent signing. That guy's a hell of a talent with a high ceiling, man. I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with that guy. Um, I don't know. There's a million things you can do. I mean, you could get him involved on the Rocks team to fight Reigns, but, you know, they got to be smart about it, too. You don't want to put a guy – you don't want to put a guy in that spot unless you know he's going to be a big star, right? So they got to figure out what they're going to do with him. But um, I I don't know. I feel like we're getting a little top-heavy in the WWE with guys that are kind of top guys, you know? So to to push him all the way to, to the top right now, I'm not sure is the right decision. But I don't get paid to make that choice, so that that is what it is. I don't think he'll be a top guy. I think he'll be a guy that'll be an upper upper mid tier guy. He, he can slide him in. 
Alvarez kind of talked about it today. He said he could slip him into the solo role and then you could turn solo babyface. And because yeah. at some point solo is going to get tired of being that guy. And yeah. they've already kind of teased it here and there. So you could slip and make Tama Tonga the, or you can even bring Tana Loa in at some point, maybe too. I don't know if he's a part of the blood. I don't think he actually is a part of the bloodline, but they got, they got Jacob Fatu who's rumored to be in there too. We'll, we'll talk about some bloodline stuff here in a couple uh, soon, but the, I think, I, I think we're going to get a, we're going to get a baby face bloodline faction probably pretty soon. I don't know if they'll go baby face. Rock will be baby face at some point, but yeah, I feel like the bloodline will stay. I'm talking, I'm talking, I'm talking baby face bloodline without reigns. Oh, oh, well, yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Because Jimmy and Jay are going to team back up and they're going to win the tag belts. Probably at some point. Eventually. They'll break them apart just to bring them together, yeah. yeah. Um, go, so to, to finish up the New Japan stuff, so I, I didn't I didn't watch much of the Nemeth um, Taguchi tag match. It just I just kind of blew through that. Um, Bushi and Takamichinoku, I didn't watch. You know, I like both those guys. I just kind of ran out of runway, you know, with that stuff. You know how that goes. Um, man, that, um, that the, the Doki match, with Hiromu Takahashi is a must watch. That is excellent. Excellent match. Doki's best match. One of Hiromu's best matches that I've ever seen. You got to go out of your way to check that. The crowd was really into it. Um, a hell of a win. Um, Takahashi looked really great there too, man. That was uh, that was the match from Takahashi that I've been waiting to see for a while. Because sometimes, like, I know, I know that he's really good, but he's not always great. And for whatever reason, him working with, with Doki in that match, that was freaking awesome, man. Really, really fun match. Uh, the next match, um, Takagi and Taichi. Um, Takagi's such a dude, man. He's he's just, he's so, so awesome. Um, I know you guys know I'm a big, I'm a big Taichi fan. Um, but look, man, there's hardly, there's hardly anybody who has, who has had a better 18 months than Taichi. He's had just very good match after very good match. That guy, I don't know why he's not getting more credit than what he is, but he had a he had a hell of a match here again. Um, I wouldn't say that this match was great, um, but they're a lot of fun together. I, you know, I wouldn't mind either one of those guys as, as being a, a world champ at some point. I, mean, I know Takagi had it for a little bit, um, but Tai Chi, man, I'm telling you, he he's he's really come into his own. He's done a hell of a job. That guy's that guy's awesome. Yeah. Um, what else do I have here? So Yu Yamura and, and uh, Suji, they had that the hair versus hair match uh, in the semi main. As much as I like those guys, man, it, it just didn't it just didn't feel like a big match. Even with the uh, even with the hair on the line, it didn't feel like a big match for the two of them. They're both great. They always have good matches. Both of them always have good matches, but it just it didn't feel as big as what it probably should. Um, Sonata Naito in the main, um, it, it was fine. Um, I didn't really need to see this. Um, the thing with Naito and Okada at the end was really cool. They did a, a cool spot with Okada and Naito, kind of a little bit of a throwback thing where um, kind of a send off. Um, and that was awesome, man. And, and they went off the air with Okada, you know, walking, walking into the tunnel. Um, but two good shows, man. You know, I, I wouldn't say either one of them top to bottom were, were excellent. Um, I would say they were both, they were both really good. There were some excellent matches on both nights. I think uh, Takahashi, Takahashi Doki and, and uh, Shirakawa Iwatani are the two that I would probably check out. And if you want to watch a third, I would probably watch Takagi Taichi and maybe check out at least the the second half of um, Nemeth and Finley. So you get to you get to pop for for Nemeth and you're, you're, everybody's going to pop on here when you see Nemeth. Yeah. Other than that, that was that was what I had. Then, then we, they have the uh, 
like I said, the New Japan Cup starts next week. I'm excited about that. I, I have no idea what they're going to do with that. So I'm, I'm excited to see how that plays out. Yeah, no idea what they're going to do there, but uh, but it should be fun. We had uh, we also had Elimination Chamber this weekend. Um, I thought it was a good show. I thought that the chamber matches were really good. We don't need we don't need to cover the whole show, but uh, I thought the chamber matches were really good. I liked the uh, I don't know what I how I feel about the ending and all that. I didn't think that Nia came off as deadly as they probably wanted her to be, but they're going to end up doing Becky versus Nia to make Becky look big for. Um, Rhea, but I thought it was a pretty good show overall. I liked that Cody called out uh, The Rock. I'm interested to see what they do. So if you're listening to this, they're going to do that tomorrow night on SmackDown. So The Rock is going to come out and he's going to, they're going to deal with Cody's challenge. I don't know if, I I mean, I think for, I think the way that that's leaning is they're going to end up doing that tag night one. I don't know if that's the right call, but I don't think that they're going to do a singles match with Rock and Cody beforehand. I don't think. I'm worried about the Rock, man, because it seems like he's getting winded really quick, even doing promos and he's sweating and he's turning red. I mean, look, he's in way better shape than I'm ever going to be in, but I mean, it's just, he looks scary. Like, can you go 30 seconds in the ring? We're going to find (laughs) out. I'm worried about this guy, man. We're going to find out maybe, maybe doing the tag match might ease him in to make him feel a lot more comfortable uh, with doing a singles match, but the ultimate singles match here is obviously reigns and rock, right. uh, but it doesn't, as we've talked about here on the show, it doesn't need to be a WrestleMania never needed to be a WrestleMania. Uh, but I am interested to see what they do with the bloodline. I'm here for the story. I'm I'm now that, you know, I I've cooled off a little bit with the whole Cody deal. Um, I, I think that we, if there's something to really keep your eye on, I think you need to keep your eye on Seth Rollins because they keep reiterating a lot that Seth Rollins, he's he's got to be this guy to help Cody take over the bloodline. And that guy's been a snake and a rat the in his entire career. Uh, he was the one that turned on the shield. He was a part of the authority and all that. Like, he's always been a little bit of a rat. So, like... I don't know if that's where the turn. I don't think the, I don't know if the turn happens at WrestleMania, but I can see the turn coming, and it's going to hurt Cody. Maybe that's a thing to stack every single odd against Cody going into WrestleMania. But I have a weird feeling about Seth Rollins and the way that he's being presented. So, yeah, yeah for sure. But uh, yeah, I had, I had a couple. I had a couple of notes from Elimination Chamber. So first of all, the stadium looked unbelievable. It did. It, it looked really excellent. good. That's, um, that's how you. That's how you make. That's how you make a stadium look. Oh, dude, it felt like a mini-mania. That, it, it felt like a mini-WrestleMania. Yeah, it, it did. It, it looked great. I wanted to put over whoever's doing the um, the segments where they show the talent interacting in the community and kind of walking around the beaches and all that kind of stuff. That Whoever's doing that stuff is doing a hell of a job, man, because yeah. they're, they're really showcasing kind of what – why you should visit the city. And I'm, I I like that. I like that aspect of the tour, the, the tourism part that they kind of tie into this a little bit. I really like that. So I, I want to see, I want to see a lot more of that. I'll tell you this much. I didn't think, I didn't think Perth was that big of a city, but it, I mean, they've got, it looks like a real city. <laughs> the downtown and everything. I didn't know that. I had no idea it was that big, but uh, yeah, I thought that was really great. A couple, I, I just had a couple notes. Um, it was really nice to hear, them shout out the Australian promotions during the Indy Hartwell match. Yeah. And, that- they talked, and they did it with Ripley too. They talked about the, the Australian wrestling promotions and look, that's a new thing, man. That's a new thing that we're getting with triple H in control where we're acknowledging 
and trying to pump up everybody. And that that is where we've got to get. We've got to get to a point where the WWE is this the kingpin of an industry, right? That are, there's things below them that are all part of this wrestling industry, right? Because with Vince, the WWE was the industry. And it, then outside of that was the professional wrestling industry, right? Where nothing else, nothing else was real or ever took place. But you you have to kind of build everybody up, man. And when you when you build everybody, you know, from when you when you promote the Australian shows and things like that, you get more talent developed in yeah. Australia, right? <laughs> people and then people want to go to the WWE because you're the you're the major league of uh, of your of your industry, right? That's that's what you do. You gotta you gotta promote everybody, man. And I thought I thought they did a really nice job with that. Yeah, I really like that they're doing that too. It makes it feel more real and not just like, hey, we're we're in a complete we're on an island. We're in a completely different league than everybody else. But yeah, no, I like what you said there. So for the the women's chamber, real quick, all I really had was just that I don't know what they're doing with Naomi, but it's not it's not gonna work. So they might want to turn her they might want to just turn her heel and, and put her with Jay because she's not gonna hang with these people for much longer, man. She just looked slow and looked like she was just out of place. Mm-hmm. And you saw, I mean, this night and day with her and Stratton. And I mean, Tiffany Stratton's not perfect right now, but she looks fast and and, and like she's going to be a megastar. And yeah. it just, it just kind of feels like Naomi's kind of almost come back slower and a little worse than what she was whenever she was there before. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I look, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to kill her. I'm, I, I'm honestly not. I, I think she's super athletic, but I don't think it, I don't think she's long for the world as a babyface. I think they got to turn her heel man and put her with the put her with the bloodline. Yeah, I mean she I mean technically she was on the she was on the uh she was on the image at the kickoff. So I yeah. I, I I've never really been that huge of a fan of Naomi. I've always never seen it. Yeah. I'm trying to think what else I got here. Um men's chamber. Um the thing with styles flying across the world to hit someone with a chair, I don't know if I'm totally into that. Yeah, I thought I'm that not was the biggest styles fan in the world to begin with right now, but uh, you know, I don't know. Um the the one thing I haven't heard anybody talk about was the fact that Logan Paul hit him with the hit hit Orton with the Nux and then just laid there with the Nux in his hand. Like, yeah. why didn't he try to hide them? I don't understand why he didn't try to hide the knocks after that. He made that big deal about that at the uh, the past show. And then it was like at, at the Royal Rumble, that was a big thing where like the ref saw the knocks and then they made the, they stopped the match and then Logan won. And now like the ref is just oblivious to the knocks in the chamber. Yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't get that. Um, I mean, well, look, the right guy won. I mean, the, the only right. issue with, with Triple H right now is like they're, they're a little predictable. I mean, we it was very predictable who was going to win the Rumbles and who was going to win the Elimination Chambers. It's not a bad thing. It's not necessarily a bad thing. If you if you can if you if you entertain us and get us there the right way, it doesn't matter how who wins, right? But and if it, if it's predictable, then so be it. I mean, most of the time in sports, the team that's the team that's supposed to win ends up winning the game anyway, right? So that, that's that's what it is. So I'm not really criticizing it. Just the fact that it's something to keep an eye on, where it's it does feel a little predictable. I think. So I'm not uh, I'm not I'm not sure how that gets alleviated, but uh, you know the right people are going to mania. I'll say that. As long as it's done well, I don't I don't care. That's all I care about. Um, Ripley and Jax. Let's talk about that for a second. Um, I, I don't know, dude. 
I don't know what we're doing with Nia Jax. I don't know. I don't know what to do with her. The fact that she slammed Rhea Ripley on the table with the monitor still on the table, and yeah. she's doing the splash and not holding the ropes like Yokozuna or whoever else would do it. I don't. I don't know why we're letting her do it. Why are we letting her get away with that shit? I mean, how how does it not make sense to you to clear the fucking table before you slam your opponent on on the on the announce table? I don't know. I don't ever get, I, I'm not with the night. I know that you talked about her and you said that she's really important because they need a big monster in that role. And I don't think Raquel Rodriguez, especially the other thing that's going on with her, she had potential to be that, but she's not believable because she's too smiley and all that. That's a side note, but well, the, the run that she had in NXT as the heel champ was awesome. Yeah. And I don't even, I didn't even watch that. So I don't even know. We're not, we're not there. We're not there with Rodriguez yet is the thing. She's just not there yet. She's not, She's just not, she's not ready for that. Now, Dewdrop is out hurt. I mean, Piper Niven is out hurt. And she's a big body that can, that can is pretty athletic for her size. But yeah. like I was saying before, man, like they've got, a, they've got a problem with the women's division because Ripley is a megastar. And it, she really came across as a megastar in Elimination Chamber. Mm-hmm. And even with that promo last night on Raw, because um, we're, we're obviously recording this on Tuesday, that, um, that promo last night with Raw, man, she is a freaking megastar. And she's the face of the whole division. She should be the face of the whole division, but you've got to feed her giants just like they had to do with Hogan. And they've got to find people bigger than her. And there's just, there's not a lot of those people in the world that are in pro wrestling that are capable of doing that. Um, She can't keep, she can't wrestle uh, 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 Candice Lorraine. She can't be in there with Caden Catanzaro, dude. And until, until one of them is ready to beat her. As a babyface champ, like you can't just keep beating women that are a third of your size. So they've got to find people. And what's what? What I what I really wanted to tell talk to you about was, you know, the the run that she has had since she won that belt has really established her as the face of that division, right? As a megastar, the face of that division. But the run that she had over the course of that time, in terms of defenses, has not been great. No, we've said this a hundred times before that she doesn't have any believable defenses and they just don't have anybody ready for her. And that's not her fault. That's because there's nobody else left on the division. And yeah, and and Becky Lynch is the last one left and they're either going to bury Lynch or they're going to put, or they're going to try to put Lynch over. And I don't know what they're going to try to do. I don't, I don't, I don't know what they're going to do either with that, but um, um, heads or tails, but Car- Cargill, Cargill is, is, is one that can match her eventually she's not ready um, for a big match like that no she's not but she's a she's a big body that looks impressive um niven is another one they can turn on and off whenever they want to do it yeah uh, R- rodriguez is another one they can turn on and off whenever they want to do it mm-hmm. the woman that they got to go get is jazz and gabbard they got to go get jazz and gabbard that they had in, in in nxt uk who walked away from the wwe because she was pissed off so now it's a new regime she's still working mm-hmm. she's a big super looking killer athlete that just has a an a, a cra- a incredible amount of charisma and a great look that's who they got to go get they got to go get jazzy gabbard back yeah they need yeah we've we've said this a bunch of times already before they need they need more bigger believable women and they're hard to find they're not easy to find which is the problem but yeah that you're i i think that they should need to flip rosters and if they would put they they need to get more believable women to feed to Ripley. That's she's got the Hogan problem right now. Fan of the week. 
All right, so it is our weekly segment, Fan of the Week here. This is our weekly segment that has turned into a lot of fun. So if you want to send in your submissions, you can send them in to at the underscore Podsky or Toast of the Coast AD on Instagram. That is Andretti's uh, handle. And we got some good stuff here. I'm going to send you mine right now. (laughs) This one was one from Elimination Chamber. And this was right after uh, Rhea Ripley won. (laughs) And (laughs) uh, it's coming through now. This guy, so right after she won, this dude is in this like bright colored, multicolored striped shirt. And he holds up this U.S. spinner belt. And he he had it already spinning like it's alive. So if you like click and hold it, like... This dude, I have no idea what to even call him, but he was living his best life, uh, sitting front row for Elimination Chamber, spinner belt, spinning like hell, and he even has like the uh, the old school. He has he has a title belt wristband. He has one of the mini belts on his other wrist. This, this guy's awesome. That is a new style of belt. Hell, he even got a fanny pack on too. I love the the press pass or the uh, the the lanyard he's got on around his neck too. It's great. Yes. Oh, oh yeah, that's fantastic. That guy. As soon as I saw that, I was like, "Oh my word! What is that shirt? That is super bright." And he just stood out. Me and that spinner belt is so glorious. All right, we gotta come up with a name for that guy. We'll, we can do that before you post it. Yeah, <laughs> that's <We will>. great. <laughs> Who is uh, your? I know you sent your guy. Okay, so I sent mine. It was actually from last night's <laughs> Raw. It was at the very end. <laughs> this guy. This dude. Okay, so so Heyman comes out at the, at the very end of Raw last night. And he's walking down the ramp. And there's this dude who is like in the corner of the, of, of the ramp, right by the ring. And the guy is just impossibly too close <laughs> to yeah. Heyman. Heyman's talking right and I <laughs> exploded when Heyman's talking and the camera is like looking over Heyman's right shoulder from the back and this dude leans over the railing and screams in Paul Heyman's face like from I'm, I'm telling you the guy could not have been more than two feet away from Paul Heyman dude Super the guy cool. leans he leans over the railing and screams Roman Reigns sucks <laughs> you hear it on his mic and then throughout the arena dude i freaking laughed so hard well then they put the camera in front of Heyman, and for i don't know why they did this but they filmed it from an angle so that you were looking like across Heyman from right to left and it made the guy look like he was standing right next to paul Heyman. like he was a part so- of the line Dude, and like he just interjected himself into the skit. I mean, he just interjected and he starts yelling, Roman Reigns sucks a couple times. I was laughing my ass off. So I, I started calling him too close to the interjector. Plus, he also has an incredible like uh, CM Punk shirt, but it kind of reminds you of like an old Nasty Boy shirt. Dude, it's so good. I don't know. I, I tried to figure out what that shirt was, too, and I couldn't figure out what it was. But the look on this guy's face and the fact that he's not jumping around acting like an idiot on camera, he's yeah. acting like he's part of it. And yes. I, just, I was laughing so freaking hard. And I sent that 
I sent that picture to my my buddy Frankie and those guys last night. I mean, you met Frankie at the picnic. My cup of cheeseburgers. I yeah. sent that, to, and that they were freaking dying laughing whenever <laughs> I sent that. That's so so too close to the interjector. It's my it's my fan of the week contender this week. Oh, that's a great one. We need to come up with a name for mine. So if you're on the we'll social, yeah, we'll come up with it. Yeah, we'll yeah, you'll see you'll see the name on the socials at uh, the underscore Podsky on Instagram. And uh, oh man, these the fan of the weeks are so much fun. They. I love it. So if you have a fan of the week that you want highlighted here on the show, send it in to us and we'll put it on. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to figure out kind of what we want to do. If we want to have like a, um, a year end kind of all-star list of who may, who the all-stars are the whole year, because then I'll draw them and I'll draw them like I drew ponytail Patterson and I, but I'll draw the back of the card yeah. too. And I'll put them all on there. Like their season one of the. That's uh, incredible. <laughs> yes. Oh my. Oh yeah, but we are here at the main event. We got the Podski 130 through 21. And this list is heavy. I am pumped for this list. Uh, like we said, if you have not listened to this uh before, they're in the archives, so go back and look at them. If you were watching along on YouTube or listening on YouTube, there is a full playlist of that where you can easily access all of that. And if you um, are new to the show and the list, 100 through 31 is on the screen right now, so you'll be able to see everybody that's been inducted into the Podsky 100 as of right now. And uh, we'll kick it off with number 30 here. Uh, came in with 200 in 72 votes, he was on Andretti's list at 64. He was on Mongoose's list 29. He was on JC's list at 17. And he was on my list at 22. And that is Rowdy Roddy Piper. And I know for myself, the reason that I put Piper so high on my list was because of mainly because I can't really say that his work rate was over the top incredible but his promo and believability was through the roof and yeah i i didn't have him as high as you guys did but there's definitely a case for what you and jc have with him being that high there's a case for it for sure yeah and i think that you know if you can talk somebody into the building and the fact that you know he had piper's pit and then i I know that all of that stuff in early WWE is all great stuff. And with Mr. T and uh, WrestleMania and all that, it's all good stuff. But I found a new appreciation for Piper whenever he made that jump to WCW. Now, I know that a lot of people probably listen to this say that's absurd. Like that was some some of that stuff was the shits, but I liked it. I felt like it was believable. I thought it was great. His work against the NWO. Um, that's I, I mean, I, I, I just always loved Piper, and that was kind of like right before I hopped into wrestling. Um, but I, I love Piper. I love Piper's pit. I know that he is on the top of the tippy top of a lot of people's um, of lists. So, um, but yeah, I, 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 I'm excited that we got Piper on the list. Knew he was going to be on the list, but glad he's as high as he is. Yeah, I don't know if he's always the best person in the world. Um, but. <laughs> You know, there's there's definitely a case, you know, for him to be as high as he is um, and even higher, you know, as, as you guys put him. We have him at, we have him at what, 30? Um, you know, there's a case for him to even be, be even higher than that. I mean, he was such an integral part of that WWF 
WrestleMania one. I mean, just that it's just such a, it's a big deal, man, for him to, for him to be a part of that. Um, this is a real shame that they, we couldn't get the egos aside to get him and him and Hogan in a singles match, which is crazy. It's crazy that every, everybody in the world knows Rowdy Roddy Piper and knows Hulk Hogan, but nobody, we, we never got the WWF match with those guys, man, which is wild. And, you know, Hogan didn't want to lose the belt to to Piper, and and Piper didn't want to lose to Hogan, man. And it just existed in their own freaking sphere, you know, spheres of influence, I guess, where they interacted for that for that moment in time. Um, the um, the Piper thing with Snuka with the coconut is incredible, of course, iconic moment. You know, the, some of the Piper's pit stuff is iconic. Um, you know, I, look, this is going to sound crazy, but I I like Piper more as a babyface than I do as a heel. And the fact that he had so much heat as a heel uh-huh. that it's really important to the the 80s and to that whole the whole rise of it. It's really important. But I I actually kind of like the Piper that wrestled hard for the IC belt. I, I like that version of Piper. I, I I didn't dislike Piper on commentary. I really didn't. Mm-hmm. I thought that he was good on that also. Um the 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 baby face Piper stuff to me um is is really good the the heel stuff with him as much as i appreciate it and as much as i know how important it really is to for him to be going over the top and screaming and all that stuff and getting red face and everything i mean for me it's just a little too much i think he's a little much sometimes whenever he's a he's a heel but again again i i get it i understand i i know what it was i know why it was important i know how instrumental all that stuff was and i appreciate it for what it was but me personally i think that it was just a little a little much yeah um we do have a lot of accolades here for uh piper he uh he was one time intercontinental champion uh he he got the uh tag titles one time with flair uh he uh, was inducted to the hall of fame in 2005 and he uh got the bronze statue in 2019 and uh, Observer notes here, he was best heel in 84 and 85. He was best interviews from 1981 through 1983. And uh, he made the Hall of Fame in 1996. So he is an Observer Hall of Famer. So he fits into Mongoose's criteria to be as high as he is. And uh, and even outside of wrestling, like he had a pretty good run as a movie star. And I think we all recognize him from They Live and everything like that. And I, I just, I love, I love Piper. I know that there, I know that I lack the knowledge of a lot of the earlier stuff. So um, those are things that I want to do and that, you know, we may even be getting into here this year on the Podski. Well, that, um, um, him winning best heel two years in a row was very deserved. It's very, very deserved. It's a very deserved award for him to win that two years in a row. Um, well, I'll tell you what, you want to watch something, you got to watch Hell Comes to Frogtown is the movie that you want to watch with that guy, where he <laughs> is uh, the only male, I think, that's left on the planet or something, and he's got to go and impregnate these women. Their leader, Commander Toady, has kidnapped some pilgrims who wandered into their territory. We're going to get them out, and then you're going to get them pregnant. Because the world was taken over by frogmen. Like intelligent frogmen, they were like aliens or something. I don't know what it was, but the, man, that movie's a trip. You got to find that. Hell, Hell comes to Frogtown is is a Roddy Piper movie, and of course, he was in that really good episode of uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia too, which is which should be should be mentioned. Is really awesome. 
Yes. So that, that is uh, Piper. He comes in at number 30 on the countdown and uh, super excited uh, that Piper made the list here. Coming in at uh, 29, almost said the wrong number there. Coming in at 29 with 275 votes. He was on Andretti's list at 11. He was on Mongoose's list at 49. He was on JC's list at 40. He was on my list at 29. And that is Seth freaking Rollins. So he's high on your list here, Andretti. Take it away. Yeah. Um, I might have been projecting a little bit with that. In, 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 what I mean by projecting is, is projecting outward in terms of like, what is this guy's legacy going to look like when he's done? And and look, I know we said we were going to try not to do that. I think I was probably a victim of it here, you know, yeah. looking back on, on kind of who he is. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I, I think you guys, you guys probably hit it where he's probably really somewhere in between that, like 25 to 49 or 25 to 50 range right now, I would say. Um, when it's all said and done, I think he's going to be much higher than that. Um, this guy is super decorated. He was a hand-picked guy from Triple H from, from day one. He's yeah. the first ever NXT champion, which is, and don't lose sight of that. Don't forget that. First ever NXT champion. We know who controls who controlled NXT and who created all that, right? We know who did that. So Triple H appoints this guy as the first person ever to hold the belt. That's a big deal. We're going to come back to that. And then the fact that he's just had, he's had a very good career, um, his whole time on the main roster. And look, I know there were, there were some, some times there where um, they weren't really doing much with him booking wise. Yeah. Um, and they, and look, they had a chance to go all in on that guy, man. When they had that WrestleMania in San Francisco um, and he, he beat, I think he beat, uh, he beat Lesnar, right? Did he, he, beat, did he beat Lesnar? He, well, no, he pinned Roman, but he cashed in. That's the heist of the century. So WrestleMania 31, very end of the show, he cashes in money in the bank, becomes, world heavyweight champion he knocks um he throws lesnar at or lesnar gets speared by roman he rolls out of the ring but then roman eats the um the uh the boot and then he gets pinned yeah i mean big deal that's a big deal you know that uh rollins was part of probably the most uh influential important faction that we've had in wrestling since probably what the NWO, I would say. I mean, you look at you look at where the shield is right now. Look at where the shield is right now, man. And all three of those guys. I mean, how important that group was to just presenting them as as legitimate talent. Yep. Um, I mean, what a what an important fact. I mean, there's gonna be documentaries about the about the shield that's gonna oh. be coming out. That, that we're gonna we're gonna love to see that stuff again. Um, so that that's really cool. Um, you know, so it's it's interesting because then they create Triple H basically creates that world title in mm -hmm. WWE. Okay, you fast forward now from the from the NXT days all the way now to creating a new world title. Um, it's no coincidence that that belt looks like big gold. Yeah. It's no coincidence. And yep. I'm telling you, man, Seth Rollins Seth Rollins is the WCW World Champion right now. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I really like. I the reason, so before I get into a little bit of that, the reason I have Seth uh, where I have him, and I think that he has potential to jump higher, is because he had a great run of WrestleMania. So he had the heist of the century at 31. He was injured for 32, comes back for 33, and does the um, 
he does the match with Triple H, and then 34, he does the Intercontinental thing. 35, he is the Beast Slayer. So he had a hellacious run of WrestleMania uh, opponents there. So he's been the guy for a long time. And yeah, you're right. The fact that they basically brought Big Gold back and delivered it to outside of Cody or Cody and I feel like Seth are on even playing fields right now in terms of work rate because they're working at about the same rate and Rollins has been doing a lot longer and a little bit more deserving of that world championship and not and it wasn't right for Cody obviously in the storyline either for him to win that belt but down the line possibly yes Uh, but for right now I think that Rollins fits that belt perfectly and I don't think anybody else should have that belt other than him obviously he's going to lose it at some point but uh, outside of McIntyre but we don't need to get into all that but I, Rollins deserves the fit here. He's perfect. And um, yeah, I think that he has potential to rise even higher as time goes on. Yeah, I, I think he'll be universal champion again at some point. It, he'll have another run, I think, at some oh, point. Yeah. Um, you know, with that um, with that belt too, it, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's no, it's not really, it's no coincidence that he has that belt, right? And the fact that, all it, sometimes it feels like the words that are coming out of Rollins's mouth are Triple H's words mm-hmm. coming out of Seth Rollins's mouth about kind of you know <laughs> look it kind of feels like Reigns went over Triple H to get that contract to yeah. where he doesn't work you know uh-huh. what I mean so it kind of just feels a little bit sometimes like uh, it, it's it's kind of Triple H kind of getting back at Vince and getting back at, at Reigns a little bit by creating that second world title. Um, I would love for them to attach the lineage to it officially. I would love it if they did that. Um, I don't think they will ever, but um, yeah. for, if they would, if they would attach the WCW lineage to that belt, I think that would be really awesome to see that. Yeah, that would be. Um, the only other thing I had with Rollins, man, like I said, I said that I'd come back around to this. I mean, you know, I, I love when, when you got like a connection to where somebody's from and things like that. And, and I I've gone a whole 180 degrees on that guy, man. I mean, just the fact that, um, I I've been to the quad cities, I've been to Davenport, you know, it's, it's a, a place that I really enjoy. Um, it's seen better days, but just the fact that he grew up there and I kind of get it, I kind of get it. I get it now after being there and seeing it because it was pretty similar to kind of, um, what it was like growing up in a, in a medium sized city in the, or small to medium sized city in the Rust Belt. Yeah. Um, so seeing that now, and knowing that he has the um, the 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 school downtown, you know, right there in downtown, and there's you can you can stand there and watch. There's big windows you can just look in and watch those guys train. It was really fun to see that. And I think just my experience being in Davenport, um, in, in the Quad Cities, and and just kind of feeling the energy in that area, and, and kind of what he came from, and kind of represents now. Um, made me really change my opinion on on um, on Seth Rollins, and I I like him a lot now. He's one of my favorite guys um, in that whole promotion, probably in all of wrestling right now. And I I, I think that he's still got he's still got a, a lot a lot of ceiling left, man. He's got a lot of a lot of mileage left in that tank, and I hope that he gets another run as Universal Title with the Universal Title, and I hope that um, we can get Rollins wrestling for another you know five or five or ten years, man. It'd be really fun to see that. Yeah, so uh, Rollins was an indie darling, uh, but in WWE terms, he's been two-time WWE champion, uh, world heavyweight champion, universal champion two times, NXT champion, two-time intercontinental champion, two-time United States champion. He's won the uh, tag team champions uh, six times. He is a Money in the Bank winner. He won the Royal Rumble in 19. 
He won the World Heavyweight Championship Tournament, obviously became World Heavyweight Champion. Uh, he is the 29th Triple Crown Champion, and he's the 11th Grand Slam Champion. Uh, the Observer, not very favorable for him uh, because of some uh, authority stuff and the Fiend stuff, but he did get Tag Team of the Year with Reigns in 13. Uh, but he did a lot of stuff in Ring of Honor, P um, PWG, all of those indies. He had a ton of work in those as Tyler Black. It's coming, man. It's coming. With the, with the historians, it's coming. When we look back on this guy's career and see all the things that he did and how important he was to the WWE, especially yep. now, you know, with Triple H in control, he is Triple H's guy and always has been. And yep. we, we look when we look back on this in 10 years and see Rollins' body of work and, and, and who he is and what he's done, he's going to be one of the top 15 guys ever. Coming in at 28 with 278 votes. He was on Andretti's list at 38. He was on Mongoose's list at 22. JC's 32. And mine 34. And that is the phenomenal AJ Styles. So I think that I can speak. I, I don't know. Personally, I don't know a lot of that stuff that happened with Styles before WWE. Uh, I know that he was like in Bullet Club, but I didn't jump into the Bullet Club scene until after AJ left and whenever they handed it to Omega. So um, I know that he's very important to uh, the New Japan, TNA, Impact, and all of that. I know he's incredibly important to all that, but I was not in wrestling at that point. I hopped in whenever he made the jump to WWE and he was the third entrant into that rumble in 2015. And I've been along for the ride ever since he's had a really good run in WWE he was the, the, uh, the guy, the face that runs the place on SmackDown live. Um, he he's had some really big moments. He's a guy that you never thought would ever make it to the big time. And when he got to the big time, uh, he really made the most of it, uh, in a really weird era. Kind of, I would say, I would say that the, um, the late 2010s was a weird transition for WWE. And I felt like AJ Styles really fit the bill there for him. You know, I've seen a lot of the new Japan stuff with him, but I can't say that I really remember a lot of it at this point. Cause it's been a little while. It's been a little while since he's, since he's been there and been that guy, but um, obviously really important to that promotion at that point. Um, the TNA stuff, the, the run in TNA, you know, Say what you want about TNA, say what you want about Impact, whatever. But he was always great in everything that he did in that promotion. Um, and then he finally came over to WWE. Um, the NXT stuff with him was really, really great, you know, when he was in NXT there for, for a bit. Um, and then he came to the main roster. Um, but look, that's the tail end of his career, man. I know the guy can still go. He's super athletic. He's got, a, you know, he's, his longevity is excellent. Um, but we're the, the guy that we're seeing now and what we've seen even over the last couple of years has been a guy at the at the end of the kind of on the downswing a little bit yeah. um especially especially now but even with that said um still a, a very decorated guy in the WWE and one of the most respected people I think of the last 20 years in the industry overall I mean I've never heard anybody say a negative word about AJ Styles he's not he's not my favorite by by any stretch but um it's just the fact that He's a very well liked guy. He kind of reminds me a little bit of Sting in that in that um, capacity, where it's just a, a beloved guy that everybody seems to like and gets along with. He keeps his mouth shut and works his ass off in everything he does. And you gotta you gotta give your hat your your hat off to a guy like that, man, for sure. Yeah. And uh, so we got a lot of accomplishments here for 
Styles. Uh, he was he he was an indie guy through and through for all those years. Uh, he was NWA World Heavyweight Champion three times. Uh, he was TNA uh, World Heavyweight Champion two times. He he did so. He was TNA's like crown jewel. And like like if you want to think about like people that have stuck around promotions and you think like when you think w when you see think wcw you think sting when you think wwe you think undertaker when you think tna i think aj styles um so one of the one of the mainstays there uh was uh pwg world champion uh ring of honor pure uh champion he in terms of uh wrestling observer awards he was the best flying wrestler in 2005 uh, the Styles Clash was the best wrestling maneuver in 2003 and 2015. He was most outstanding wrestler from 2014 to 2016. Uh, he had match of the year with Suzuki in 2014. He was pro wrestler of the year uh, in 15 and 16. He was the United States and Canada MVP in 18. And he made the Observer Hall of Fame class of 2017. So to cover... His WWE stuff here quickly. He is WWE champion two times, Intercontinental champion one time, three-time United States champion, uh, Raw tag team champion with the homeboy Omos, and yeah, he won. Uh, he is the 32nd Triple Crown winner and the 15th Grand Slam champion. So AJ Styles, highly decorated wrestler. I think that I'm, I'm hoping that his late runs don't taint the taint the overall work that's what i'm afraid of with styles that's kind of where that's kind of where i'm at with it too is i'm a little concerned with what they're doing they're they're still kind of they're still kind of presenting him as a top guy i'm assuming that la Knight is going to beat him at mania Mm -hmm. um that'll be kind of like the last big mania match that he'll probably have um and look man maybe he can be a tag team guy and and, you know with a young guy and, and and have another another run for two years, you know, there's still, there's still clearly gas in the tank, but I think we're, we're kind of, we're seeing the, uh, we're seeing the, the end of it, I think. Yep. All right. Coming in at 27 with 291 votes. He was on Andretti's list at 37. He was on Mongoose list at 26. JC's at 22. And he was on my list at 28. And that is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. And it's really hard to, when you talk, I feel like it's really hard to talk about Steamboat without talking about that WrestleMania three match with Savage. Um, you know, the, the old tale that they literally wrote it out on, uh, on notebook paper and they had it numbered and Savage would read off the number and then Steamboat would have to tell them the spot for the number. Like to have that kind of, Effort, and I know that like you shouldn't predetermine everything. You sometimes you got to call stuff in the ring and let it fly. But for them to put on that match the way that they did, that's a match that stood the test of time. That's a match that we're going to play in 2K24, uh, like 10 years later, that is still a part of the showcase of WrestleMania. Like it's one of the best WrestleMania matches that you'll ever see. Uh, he did it not only in WWE, he did it in WCW as well. The guy, like, and another guy that had a career cut short uh, for some reason didn't really. And I don't know, I, there, there, there's some rumors out there of why, but a guy that just, you know, even recently as early as last year had his final match. So um, Steamboat, I feel like is a guy that there was a lot of 
uh, tread left on the tire that could have kept going and didn't. Uh, but one of those things of what could have been if he would have kept going, could he have ever gone to the mountaintop? Well, I think in WWE, no, because he was probably not as charismatic enough on the mic and probably not big enough for Vince at that point. Um, Savage kind of transcends that because of his ability to just be a, a, a wild ass, right? Um, but with um, with Steamboat, I, he probably was at the ceiling in the WWE. In the WWE, now they brought him back for the Dragon Run, you know, with the with the gimmick and the fire, blowing fire and all that stuff. And I, I don't know why things kind of you know it ended as quickly as it did with that run. But I mean, you th- you think about Steamboat, man. I mean, this is just a a career babyface who's a really good looking guy who's a super smooth athlete with everything he does in the ring. He mm-hmm. looks like a complete professional and, and just is excellent with everything he does. Um, the matches he had with Flair, WCW matches were just off the charts, man. Just fantastic matches. I mean, he had a really good match with Rick Rude. Um, I mean, Steamboat for me is a top five guy. He's one of my top five favorite guys in wrestling history. Um, just from a technique standpoint alone. And just, I've always loved that guy, even as a kid. Um, there's, there's, uh, he's another guy that you've never heard anybody say a negative thing about him, you know, in his whole career and, and no matter what he did. I mean, he even had, I mean, Steamboat had that, had that awesome match with Jericho. I mean, when was that? 2012, 2010? I don't even know when that was. Like that, yeah. I mean, th- it was great. <laughs> he was like a 60 year old man, 70 year old man. <laughs> I know. You know, in there doing, uh, in there doing his thing. But, you know, I got to give, Ricky the Dragon, a shout out too for 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 uh, doing the um, the Laurel Highlands Pizza Wars thing. And two years ago, I had to I had to I had to hire Ricky the Dragon to to go in there and give a little give some information on the Pizza Wars. So that was uh, that was pretty fun. And I'm glad he, I'm glad we got to do that. But you know, look, he he just was a guy that just worked really hard and was great at what he did. Um, he wasn't a great promo, and he wasn't he wasn't a great uh, on the on the mic with with pretty much anything he did. He was okay. And that's why he fit better in WCW, I think, as a top guy than he ever would have in a WWE. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, the career accolades here for Ricky the Dragon uh, from uh, from WWF. He was a Intercontinental Champion one time. He entered the class of the class of two thousand nine uh, in the Hall of Fame. He, in terms of the Observer, now he was Tag Team of the Year. Uh, 1983 with uh, Jay Youngblood. He won match of the year uh, with, in 1987 with uh, Savage at WrestleMania three. And then he won match of the and year. That's probably one of the, that's probably one of the top WWF matches ever. Right. I would think. I would feel like top five. Yeah, for sure. That's what you always talk about. Uh, 1989. He had match of the year with Ric Flair uh, from clash of the champions. And he was uh, inducted into the Observer Hall of Fame in 1996. So, uh, I mean, he also won the Luthes Award from the Cauliflower Alley Club in 2012. So, um, another oh, look, I got inducted into the Observer Hall of Fame while he was still working, or still able, or still able to work. That's what right. And which is incredible. Yeah. All right, moving on here to number 26. This is our first wrestler with 300 overall points 
So this is we're we're at that point now where we're really getting uh, down to the the nitty gritty here of some of these superstars. He came in at uh, Andretti's list at 26. He was on Mongoose's list at 24. He's on JC's list at 21, and he was on my list at 30. That's pretty tight. That is pretty tight. And uh, we just talked about him a few weeks ago on the No Way Out show, and that's uh, that's Eddie Guerrero, Latino Heat. Yeah, I don't think I, uh, I don't think I appreciated Eddie enough uh, in the moment. Um, now going back now and watching some of the, the WCW stuff with him and you know Aldemo Dragon and in Malenko and Benoit and those guys, those matches are fantastic, man. Getting to see those matches on those nitros is, is awesome. Um, it, you know, but the WWF run, WWE run, um, just I mean, what he meant to so many people. And what he meant to the promotion at that point is something that looking back on, I mean, his influence on the next generation of talent is, is really strong. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, everybody says that Eddie Guerrero was one of their favorite guys. All, all these talents nowadays, you, when you hear them talk about who influenced them to be who they are, Eddie Guerrero is one of the names that comes out of their mouth, you know? So that's, it's a, we've kind of almost made a transition here between um, HBK and Hart to like the Guerrero years, mm-hmm. um, because now, you know, we're a couple of years further down the road. So the talent that's coming up right now, like the Rhea Ripley's of the world and the, and the Dominic's and stuff like that. Those are people who are younger than Gargano. They're younger than uh, Ciampa. You know what I mean? So those are the guys, Adam Cole. I mean, those are the guys that got influenced by HBK, right. And, and by, and by Bret Hart, like FTR, that whole age group, is all the heart HBK influence, right? Well, now we're four or five years, you know, beyond that, and we're starting to see who the new influencers are. So that influencer is, is almost always Eddie Guerrero, man. And that that's a, I mean, what what is a bigger compliment than that? That's probably the biggest compliment you could give anybody. I know. And I, I love Eddie. We've talked about Eddie a lot here. We're going to talk about him more here in a couple more weeks when we do WrestleMania 20 show. Um, it's just... I there's I, I can't think of somebody better in that time than Eddie Guerrero was. And he's somebody that stood the test of time. I feel a little bad that he's he was the lowest out of everybody in that that voted. He was the lowest on my list uh, because I'm a huge Eddie advocate and I love Eddie a lot. And um, I don't know why I left him a little bit lower on the list than everybody else, because I feel like he is an upper echelon guy. I feel like maybe the recency bias might have slipped in uh, to me on my list there, but. Eddie Guerrero, he is, he's one of those guys that just, you always, um, you always look at and you're like, damn, that guy had it. Like he had all of it. And he meant so much to that promotion. As you said, I love Eddie so much. I did a figure review on Eddie here on the show. So go check that out too. But um, he's done, he, when you go back and you appreciate the stuff that he did in WCW and you see the stuff that he did with in that cruiserweight division, then he transferred to WWF with the Radicals. And then, you know, he did that stuff with China. And then as kind of like a little bit of a tag team guy and then went full single. Um, like that guy, did, he did it all. And, and he had a lot of trials and tribulations that we talked about too in that No Way Out episode. Uh, it's highlighted in that promo package that you can go back and listen to. But man, Eddie, he just... Uh, he, he's he meant so much to a lot of people and he's right there he's right there with one of the guys that meant a lot uh, even in my childhood too yeah 
when we look when we go back and do this again in two years or whatever three years whatever the hell we decide to do or and, and try to do a 100 again um he's probably going to be a guy that's going to be higher um than what he is right now just based on the fact that we're gonna we're, we're only gonna hear more influence mm-hmm. from people as they get as they get into this profession and, and kind of grow in the, into their roles everybody's saying Eddie Guerrero is is their is their influence as a kid so the more that we hear that and, and the legend starts to build a little bit more, I think that guy's going to get, get even higher. I mean, we got, I mean, we got him at 26 of all time right now. You know I mean? He could, he could end up being a top 20 guy, if not even a top 17 guy, you know, by the time it's all said and done. Absolutely. Uh, so here on the accomplishments, he won the men's wrestling award uh, in 2008 for the cauliflower alley club. He, in WCW, was a two-time Cruiserweight champion and a one-time United States Heavyweight champion. In WWE, so he was WWE champion one time. He was a European champion two times, United States champion one time, tag team champion four times. Uh, he was in the class, of Hall of, uh, the class of 2006 Hall of Fame. He was the 11th Triple Crown champion and the 6th Grand Slam champion. And in the Observer... He uh, was best interview in 2005, feud of the year in 94 and 95. Um, he was most charismatic in 2004 and 2005. He was tag team of the year in 94 and tag team of the year in 2002 with Chavo. And he was inducted into the Observer Hall of Fame in 2006. So that is Eddie Guerrero. And man, what a guy. Halfway through the list here, we have number 25. Yeah, three-fourths of the way through this now. Yeah, three-quarters of the way through here. 304 votes. He was on Andretti's list at 39, or Mongoose's list at 20, JC's list at 25, and he was on my list at 16. And that is Mrs. Foley's baby boy, (laughs) And I put Mick on the list because... He, the promo work, the, the work rate, the style that he had, and the longevity that, not, not long, he, he has some long, it's incredible the, the, the pain and stuff that he put himself through, the longevity that this guy had, but he, he is got, he's going to be a guy that's going to be remembered forever for being thrown off that cell. But he's so much more than that cell, and that's what's crazy. He had the three faces of Foley. Uh, he had Cactus Jack. He had uh, Cactus Jack not only in ECW, but WCW. Like, if you read his book, Have a Nice Day, it is such a great book. It's, it has to be one of the top three wrestling books of all time. It's incredible. It's a great read. I encourage everyone to go out and listen to it. or You can listen to it on audio, or you can uh, buy it, but... Man, I love Mick Foley. He, I, I really like whenever he did all those teases uh, in the early 2000s, uh, all those retirement teases, and he just kept coming back for more and more punishment and pain for some reason. Like His character work was so good then, and we're going to see it here in the WrestleMania 20 where he has that match against Evolution. Like, um, And that's not even, it gets, he amps the bar up higher and higher as the years go on with even at edge with WrestleMania 23. So like it or 22, but still 
McFoley deserves and has a rightful place here uh, on the list. I feel that he is one of the most underrated and underappreciated wrestlers of all time. And I, I just have nothing but great things to say about Mrs. Foley's baby boy. He is crazy. I'll give him that. I mean, I, I, uh, I got into Foley uh, as Cactus Jack during the WCW days when he was in there, you know, the battles with Sting and the battles with Vader and things like that, you know, where he was just taking these bumps, man. And you go back and watch that stuff now and he's killing himself, man. He's taking bumps on the concrete. He's getting power bump on the concrete. He's jumping off the apron on the concrete. It's like, man, you didn't have to do all that stuff, but I mean, it's, I just, I, I don't under, I don't know why. I don't know why he, he felt like he had to do as much of it as he did. But I mean, you know, it, it's, it's just a, a, just a crazy situation with him where he just wanted it. He wanted to do it all the time, man. And, it, and people couldn't talk him out of it. And he just kept doing it and doing it. And do, how that guy can even walk at this point is, is beyond me. I mean, he's, he was the, he was the OVW commissioner up until about two weeks ago. And him getting in and out of the ring is not a great thing to watch all the time. <laughs> he's yeah, still, no, I, I mean, he's still doing it. I mean, he can still walk, but it's not, he's still de- he's definitely hobbling around a little bit, but uh, you know, um, fully, you know, I, I was in Pittsburgh the night that he got thrown off the cage. It happened right in front of us. It was one of the craziest things I've ever seen in my life, you know, but um, the, the run in WWF was excellent. I mean, the stuff with, um, the, the mankind stuff was just fantastic. Everything he did, um, you know, the, the cactus Jack, even the cactus Jack run in, in, in WWE with him and, um, you know, him and Foley when they were, uh, when he was, uh, chainsaw Charlie, when they were the tag, the tag team and everything like, it's just the body of work for him from, from WCW, even world-class up through WCW and then into WWF is, is fantastic, man. The guy, he's one of the most memorable characters, one of the most lovable people, and another guy, man, another guy that you never hear anybody say anything negative about. And if if you do hear, if you hear anybody say anything negative about Foley, it's negative in a sense that that people cared about him so much that they didn't want him to keep doing the stuff that he was doing. And that's a real testament to that guy, man. The fact that beloved by fans, beloved by, by his peers, I mean... What else can you say other than that, man? Just a, a, a great dude. He seems like he genuinely really loves being around professional wrestling and interacting with the fans, especially it's pretty special to see. Yeah, so he was a three-time WWF champion. He was a one-time hardcore champion. He won the 24-7 champion. I don't think we should really put that in here, but uh, he won the tag team championship eight times. And uh, in the Observer, he was best brawler in from 91 to 2000. Uh, best interviews 95 2004 2006 best pro wrestling book in 2010 feud of the year in 2000 and he is an observer hall of famer uh, class of 2000 and he was inducted into the wwe hall of fame in 2013 coming in at 24 with 306 votes he was on andretti's list at seven he was on uh, mongoose's list at 14 JC's list at 30 and my list at 47, and that is Jushin Thunder Liger. So Liger, we're talking about people who who just the the influence that they've had on other people, right? Um, Liger is probably the most recognizable greatest junior heavyweight ever. 
Mm-hmm. And when you think about how many people fit that division in that size over the years, I mean, that the, the look that he has, that he had his whole career, man, it's just, it's just an unbelievable look. His look is unbelievable. I mean, he looks like a, he looks like a freaking cartoon character or a superhero, you know, jumping off the page, you know? So, I mean, that, that guy did some, some crazy innovative stuff in the ring. Um, I think I got into him during the WCW days too, when he was in there um, doing, doing stuff there. But you know what, what really stands out to me about, about, um, about Liger too um, more recently and more for the, um, for the American fans who maybe weren't around during the WCW run. Um, the fact that they brought him in, they, they thought enough of Jushin Thunder Liger, even, even later in this late in his career that they brought him in to wrestle um, Tyler Brace in NXT. Yeah. So they, they literally brought in Liger. I think it was a one-off to wrestle Tyler Breeze in NXT. And that was freaking awesome, man. It's so cool to see that at the time, you know, because Breeze was kind of the guy that they thought was going to be, you know, a pretty, a pretty damn good light heavyweight once he got up in the main roster. But then they, they ended up bringing in Liger to wrestle him. And I think it was the takeover and they had a really good match. It was a, it was a really good match. And what a, what an honor, you know, to, to, to be the guy that, gets to come in and, and, you know, Tyler Breeze, what an honor for him to be able to, to wrestle Liger, you know, in, in NXT. But, um, you know, it's just the influence with him, I think just, just jumps off the page too. And the fact that a lot of people who got into the high flyer aspect of it and, and love to watch, um, you know, the new Japan stuff from, from back in the day. And, and he's the guy, he's the guy everybody wants to see, you know? So I think that, just from an influence standpoint, the fact that he's got that look, man, and you know, a career baby face who just was uh, awesome. Everything he did was awesome. Yeah, that. Yeah, he definitely has a look. The mask is undeniable, and he he's a guy that if you watch any of those um, nitros, he jumps off the page immediately. Uh, but yes, so here in New Japan, he was a eleven time junior heavyweight champion, and he was a junior heavyweight champion, uh, tag team champion six times. He won the J crown one time. He was, um, NWA world welterweight, welterweight champion one time. Uh, he won the young lion cup in 1986. Uh, it's man. It's so much here. He won the light heavyweight championship in, uh, in WCW. Uh, and then here in the observer, he got best gimmick in 89. He was best flying wrestler from 89 to 93. Best technical wrestler from 89 to 92. Best wrestling maneuver with the Shooting Star Press, 1987 and 1988. Match of the year in 1990. Most outstanding wrestler from 90 to 92. And rookie of the year in 1984. And he was tied with Tom Zank. How crazy is that? Tom Uh, Zank is going to be in our top five. (laughs) And, I know he's, he's Bobby Winters' top five. I know that. And he was inducted into the Observer Hall of Fame in 1999. So, I mean, that's wild. That yeah. is a wild list of accolades, man. I mean, that that guy just that's the that's the influence, man. That's the influence of the of the people of the Hiromu Takahashi's of the world. You know, people like that, and all the guys that were came up through NXT that were into the New Japan stuff, man. That's what it is. They were into Liger. They were into seeing Liger, and they loved seeing Muda. Yes. All right. So coming in at number 23, 
with 307 votes. He was on Andretti's list at 15. He was on Mongoose's list at 35. He was on JC's list at 34. He was on my list at 13. And that is our tribal chief, Roman Reigns. So for me, Roman, just the mere fact that he's been main eventing this many WrestleManias, that doesn't happen on accident. They just don't give that spot to anybody. Um, now, granted, he has been pushed down our throats for years. Uh, and but until it, you know, what really sucks is that it took him going away for so long. And then them finally deciding to turn him heel, that really changed the course of this company. Uh, and they haven't looked back since. He's been the absolute tippy-top attraction that WWE has to offer. And he's going to be for the foreseeable future. And that guy, you know, we always say we want a little bit more out of him, a little bit more than what he gives us. And it seemed like he did that last year at WrestleMania with that match against Cody. Maybe this year it'll be better. Uh, we'll see. But he... He's one of those guys that he's purely an attraction now. You're not gonna get um you're not gonna get anything more out of that, but a guy that is tippy top that's gonna be on every single promotional piece that you see from WWE for you know the next hundred years, and rightfully so. And um just a guy, I don't know, there's really not much more to say about Reigns, honestly. I feel well, we've like- talked about some of it already when we talked about Rawls with the shield. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at just how influential that that fashion was and where those guys are all at right now, you know, in their careers. But um, Reigns is another handpicked guy. He was a Vince guy. You know, the, the Vince saw him as as the face of the company and they went all in on it, man. And, you know, they shoved him down our throats as a, as a, uh, a baby face for 100 years and people hated it, you know, and then they finally made the right decision, like you said, and they made him heal. And he's, you know, he's one of the top guys in the world right now. He's he's the champion of the 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 major league of his profession. So that's something. And he's been the champion for quite a while. <laughs> so, you know, too, too much of our chagrin at, at times, you know, but um, the thing I would say about Reigns too, man, I mean, um, you know, there's, there's times where you really see it. You really <laughs> see that he's the guy, right? He's this, this, you know, larger than life character that is excellent at what he does. And I think the press conference that they had, um, was a, a, a good example of that from, from recent times. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, my my criticism of WWE with him is just the fact that we don't get it enough. We don't get enough of seeing him as the, the guy that really jumps off the screen. We don't get enough of it. And even with his matches, um, although the guy is very talented at what he does, I'm not sure that we've got a handful of great Reigns matches over the years, right? I mean, there's probably, what, three that kind of stand out? I mean, you've got the the Undertaker match, um, the the WrestleMania match from last year with Cody, I would say. was. I remember being in the car with you, leaving Mania, and me telling you that that was the match that, that I've been waiting for with yeah. Reigns. Yeah, where we- Reigns finally shows it. I want to see it, man. Yeah, I, we, don't, we don't get to see him come out enough and be that guy. And yeah. that's kind of what that's kind of what it's been with a lot of his matches. They're just kind of just kind of there, you know. Yep. Um, that that's that's what it's been for me. Is I just my only hang up with Reigns is that I don't get to see I don't get to see the superstar enough that mm-hmm. I know is there with him. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I I think you're totally right. I feel like we don't see him enough, and I think that that's probably by design now 
because people. But I don't think it's working, man. I don't think it's working. No, it's not working. They're they're exhausting it at this point now, and I think that's. I feel like that may down the line might hurt him a little bit more in a list like this. It might be something that pushes Rollins over him in a list like this. Um, but you can't deny the resume here. He is a four-time WWE champion. He's the current WWE champion. He's had it for a hundred thousand days. It feels like he is um, a two-time universal champion, one-time intercontinental champion, one-time United States champion, one-time tag team champion. He is the 28th triple crown champion. He is the ninth grand slam champion. He won the Royal rumble in 2015 and he won elimination chamber in 2018. As far as observer awards go he won best box office draw for 22 and 23 he had feud of the year in 2023 he also was most improved in 2013 best gimmick in 2021 tag team of the year in 2013 he was most overrated though in 2016 i think we can all agree that that why um but yeah, he is he is the tippy top guy. He is the man. He is the tribal chief. Um, and you know, we're gonna see him again here at WrestleMania in about 35, 36 days. It's coming up quick. All right. We got our last two entrants here. We have coming in at 22 with 313 votes. He was on Andretti's list at 16. Mongoose's list at 23, JC's list at 27, he was on my list at 25, and that is Kenny Omega. Now you guys you guys know a lot more about Omega than what I do. So I I, I, I saw I saw a lot of the New Japan stuff in retrospect because I wasn't watching New Japan whenever he was, you know, rolling the world over there at that point. Um so I mean you you probably are gonna be the one to have to talk about him more than more than what I've got. Yeah, we could have, if if Mongoose was here, he would have talked a whole hour about uh, Kenny Omega. But for me, I really got my, obviously I got my uh, introduction to Kenny from being the elite whenever the, he would, became the leader of the Bullet Club. Um, my, my favorite Omega match, and it's because it's my favorite Omega storyline, and I don't know if a lot of people will agree with this, but if you go back and watch that Bullet Club is fine, Bullet Club is mine, um, storyline that they ran and it was on being the elite it it crossed over from new japan to ring of honor and then at that super card of honor that match with cody and omega that might be cody's best match ever um and it was with omega i don't think that people's best matches um that they've ever had and it being with omega i don't think that's by mistake um obviously the trilogy with okada and all those matches in that fine, him changing the world at Dominion, um, all of those Wrestle Kingdom, him facing Jericho is like what really got AEW started, him doing that um, Jericho match. Like, there's so many things that Omega has done that, you know, he he really is the five-star. Um, he is the best bout machine. He he is so instrumental to the 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 wrestling world as it is right now and it's crazy that he never had to go to wwe to do it now he was there obviously in ovw and that kind of stuff and i definitely see him as one of the guys that could eventually make the jump he just feels like he's got a wrestlemania match in him but i know that and i know that mongoose has so many good things to say about him that i can't do it justice either 
but Omega is a guy that, you know, she literally has changed the business as we know it and how we look at matches and all of that. And it's by, I, he is, he's one of the guys that we're going to be talking about for forever. No, there's no doubt. No doubt about him. I mean, I, I kind of got into, I kind of got into him just with the, um, with the AEW stuff, you know, which is kind of, you know, I mean, he's not a spring chicken anymore at that point, you know, even coming to AEW, but um, the the guy just is, he's, he's largely self-taught and he is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. He's phenomenal at everything. And I, I don't know, you know, the naysayers are out there that say this and that about Kenny Omega, but I've, I've, I've seen nothing from Kenny Omega in in all the matches I've ever seen of him in AEW or even the new, the new Japan stuff that wasn't him giving a hundred thousand percent effort and doing some incredible, amazing stuff in the ring and selling well and his offense is innovative. And I don't know why people don't like that. I guess just because they, they heard all of the stuff from beforehand and first impressions or everything. And now people can't get that out of their head, but um, I watched it. There was a seminar and it was, he did, he did like a coaching seminar at a wrestling school and it was only on YouTube for like, I don't know, like maybe 16 hours. And I watched the first hour of it and it all made sense afterwards. I have no idea where that wrestling school is. I can't even remember what the video was even called or anything, but it was, it, it all made sense after watching that. Uh, but the guy's resume is undeniable. Uh, he is a one-time IWGP heavyweight champion. Intercontinental champion, uh, junior heavyweight champion two times, junior heavyweight tag team champion one time. Uh, he won the United States. He was the inaugural United States heavyweight champion. He won that two times. Uh, he won the, the G1 in 2016. And obviously in uh, AEW, he was the world champion one time, uh, tag team champion with Hangman, uh, the trios champion two times, uh, first AEW triple crown champion just omega it's he's been hindered the problem with omega right now is that he's been hindered with injuries for the last couple years hopefully the guy gets a clean bill of health here and he can really put together some of the matches that we've been looking for and i don't think that it's going to be a coincidence that you know we got he's going to probably be getting healthy and we're going to have omega or okada in AEW, and we're probably going to get that match one more time yeah be great really great All right, so our final entrant of the show today, he's coming in with 317 votes. He was on Andretti's list at 22. He was on Mongoose's list at 18. JC's at 23, and he was on my list at 24. And that is Brian Danielson. Well, let's just talk about what happened on Collision with Jun Akiyama. So, (laughs) he basically... How, how does this go? He, he Eddie Kingston's on commentary, right? So I think Danielson um, goes to how did, how, what's the sequence here? Because he, I think he um, he gave I think he gave uh, Kingston the finger or something, and then Akiyama had a problem with that. So Danielson apologized to Akiyama and then went to shake Akiyama's hand instead of shaking his hand. He kicked him in the balls. Wow! And that like. That taught me so much because like that this this like this like childish heel run of Danielson where he does stuff like that, but he's still excellent in the ring. Yeah. I I freaking I'm all for it, man. Because it's, it's the eye patch and him being like just a a, a a villain who does just childish things like that or is um I think is really funny. 
you could always kind of see the childishness uh character in him whenever he was on total divas I, i'll pull i'll put a shameless plug for total divas on here but um or and total bellas i i loved him in that show he was always like kind of like a voice of reason or like like if anything had to be serious he came in but then he like what he didn't take it serious so like um it was really really funny uh but my first introduction to danielson was wrestlemania 30 uh with the yeslemania and him on that charge to win that belt um it, it's so inspiring it's kind of the reason why uh cody's gonna get the shot here at this wrestlemania 10 years later um yeah, it, feels, it feels like it's kind of the same uh the same kind of same kind of situation kind of the same situation but uh you know he's a really big deal and tony khan really trusts him and he's pretty much got booking uh say and um you know a guy that had a pretty weird start with wwe where he got fired for like choking out um i think it was justin roberts or somebody with the belt ringside and then he had to get sent to developmental because you can't do that on television but look at where he's doing now on television so it's like so insane to think about but a guy that bona fide legitimate pro wrestler believable pro wrestler a guy that had a pretty squeaky clean baby face gimmick in wwe and then what he's turned that into now and when you see the reins fully off of him uh is a lot of fun and i have a lot of respect for brian danielson and uh i i'm he 1000 percent deserving of his position on the list yeah, that guy's he's he's fantastic. And he's another guy that when we go back and do this in a couple of years, and he's I mean, he might even be retired at that. I mean, look, Danielson says he's gonna he's gonna retire. I think we all know that that means he's just not gonna work full time, right? He's he's yeah. still gonna be he's still gonna be doing matches, but you know, maybe in three years or four years or whatever, maybe he'll he'll finally hang it up completely. But um looking back on on his career after he retires and just the fact that he's so well respected another guy who's going to be really influential to a lot of people in that next generation i mean he's we got him at, we got him at what 21 right now he's he's 21 yep. when it's all said and done danielson's probably going to be even higher than that oh yeah danielson will be able to crack the top 20 for sure as time goes on i just feel like he has a such a major influence and especially as somebody who had the injury and then came back from the injury. And it's, and, look how good he still is, even post injury. Yeah, it, which is even more amazing. Um, and super decorated as well. Indie darling, uh, he was uh, an ROH World Champion one time, a uh, Pure Champion uh, one time. In WWE, w, he was WWE Champion four times, World Heavyweight Champion one time, Intercontinental Champion, U.S. Champion, Tag Team Champion. He won Money in the Bank in 2011. He had match of the year uh, in 2019 against uh, Cliff Kingston. He is the 26th Triple Crown Champion, the 6th Grand Slam Champion. Um, and then the Observer, this is where it shines. He was best non-wrestler in 2017, and I think that was because he was doing, he was the, uh, the GM of SmackDown Live. Uh, best on interviews in 2018. A best pro wrestling book and best pro wrestling DVD in 2015. Um, I don't know what that actually matters, uh, but he was best technical wrestler from 2005 to 2013, and from 2000. What was, what was that last one until 2013? What was it? Uh, 2005 to 2013. What What was the award? Best technical wrestler. Oh wow, that's crazy. And he was banned from 21 to 23. So he's the best technical wrestler currently. Uh, match of the year in 2007. 
uh, most outstanding wrestler from 2006 to 2010, and most outstanding wrestler of the decade. And he was inducted into the Observer Hall of Fame in 2016. Like, what more can you say about Brian Danielson? I mean, that's a hell of a a hell of a body of work. (laughs) It's pretty much all you can say about that. Yeah, that's all you need to say. So that is our list today. Um, what a, what a, I mean, the, the, the stakes keep getting higher and higher. The accolades keep getting higher and higher as the list goes on here. Uh, so we're going to be coming back with this uh, next month to do 20 through uh, 11. And then we'll follow that up uh, down the road here too. So be on the lookout on the socials and make sure you follow the Toast of the Coast AD. That's Andretti on Instagram. Make sure you follow the underscore Podski on Twitter and Instagram. And with that, we will see you next time on the Podski.